Welcome to Deerwood Realty YouTube channel. I'm John Schenk, founder and managing broker of Deerwood Realty in St. Louis, Missouri. You know, I get, I get people that come through my office that say, you know, hey, I want to be an investor, All right? I want, I'm going to own a lot of property and I'm going to have tenants pay my mortgage and it's all going to go wonderful. And I think these people are naive. I just, I just from, from the time I spent in property management, I just feel like they're naive and I, and I feel bad. And, I, and you can't convince people that there could be issues, right? You can't, like people are hell bent on, you know, buying this investment property and making all this money and it's, or the perception of that they're going to make all this money. And it's, it's shocking to watch, um, but it's this idea that everybody makes money in real estate. And so therefore you never make a mistake and you never lose money. So obviously you should just get more, uh, more tenants, more houses, everything will be fine. Um, people have built, you know, channels based on, on YouTube. I mean, you know, just, just all over the place. I'm not going to mention any names, but it's fascinating to watch because I think it sucks in a lot of people that otherwise uh, uh, should not be landlords. That being said, you know, I came across a story today that I thought we could, we could go over and I could kind of show you like, here's some things that you might have not wanted to deal with. Here's some things that you might not want to do. Um, and here's some ways that you might be able to protect yourself if you are a landlord and you do something like get a tenant from hell. Uh, I saw this on Twitter today, um, and let's just get into it. Here it is. It says, you think the eviction for the Airbnb tenant from hell was bad. And says, all information in this post is 100% real public information and posted with client consent and encouragement. I have a link to the tweet in the uh, description, and you're welcome to, uh, you know, read for yourself what, what goes on with, in the life of a real estate attorney. It says, this is a story about the worst case of a professional tenant I came across worked on. Over 100000 in unpaid rent, over nine months of litigation, jury trial, appeal, countless motions, and a lot of bad faith. And let me just start off by saying this. I am not pro-landlord or pro-tenant. I, I've, I think both have their problems. I would say that when I did property management, of all the units that we managed, um, there was, I think, maybe... 98, 97% of the tenants were good people. I think that many of the times that tenants weren't able to pay their rent wasn't because they didn't want to, but because they didn't have the money. It wasn't an issue. If they had the money, they would have paid the rent. They were all that good of people. So I don't want you to think that I'm, I'm, I'm beating up on tenants. And as far as landlords, I think that landlords are um, fine, naive. Some of them, some of them are terrible people. Uh, like sharks, would I say there are more terrible landlords than there are terrible tenants? No. Both equally bad at the extremes. Okay? So that being said, let's continue. It says, late 2021, my client visits her property after the tenants notified her they were moving out. It's an apartment in Santa Monica, three bedrooms with hardwood floors, 10 blocks to the beach. Rent at the time was about 3700 a month, and the market rate was about $5,500. So, some of the things you have to ask yourself just getting started, why, why are we not leasing to tenants at the market rate? Like, what is it about these particular tenants that they deserve some sort of break? Um, and then as we get into it, you know, was that, was that really the right thing to do? So then it goes on to say, she opens the door and is greeted by an unknown occupant, a middle-aged woman who says she is living here. That's my house. 
She won't leave. Police are called, but they can't do anything. Civil matter, you have to evict her. So this is where I come in. Now, this, let's, just, let's just start out here. A lot of people think that just because someone doesn't pay rent, the police automatically show, or, you know, the police will automatically come and evict the tenant, right? Oh, you're not paying rent? They'll just come and work on your behalf and take care of it. It doesn't work that way. You get to go through the courts. This also comes into play with squatters. Squatters know this, okay? And they will pretend that they live in their, this house. It's, they'll break in, live in it, and then say, you have to evict me. It's really, really not great. It turns out that one of the former tenants subleased one of the rooms for extra cash and did not notify my client. The occupant was so obnoxious and rude, all the rest of the tenants fled elsewhere shortly after she moved in. They found her on Craigslist. So what do we have here? We have a serious problem. One, you always want to vet all of your tenants if you're a landlord, right? You always want to know who's staying at the house and, you know, who are these people and can they pay the rent, right? That's number one. That's key if you want to be a successful landlord. Where did they go wrong here? Where did the owner go wrong here? Not really anything she could have done because she didn't know that somebody else was living there. That's a problem. And can you imagine being such a horrible person as a tenant that the people that uh, let you sublease all left because you were that bad? That's pretty impressive. It says, we had to wait until the moratorium was over to file an eviction. That was March of 2023. The moratorium restricted evictions not just on unpaid rent. It also protected unauthorized occupants. It also protected denial of access to the unit so we could not inspect the unit for over two years. Right? So I'm not, I, I was never very comfortable with this idea that you go inspect the unit all the time. I, I felt like tenants have their rights and have, you know, peaceful enjoyment of the property that they're leasing. But to not have anybody go over there or anything for two years, definitely a red flag. Uh, and then even if in this case, even if you would have known someone was living there uh, unlawfully, you still couldn't do anything about it. Now, some of you may say, Oh, well, they subleased it, so it's okay. Well, a sublease isn't in, in, the, in the lease, okay? The original lease, it's not in there. And if it is in there, it normally requires landlord consent, which, which, you know, this obviously didn't happen. After we filed the eviction, the tenant got free help from a local nonprofit, which represented her zealously and aggressively. And this is the problem that I have with um, the tenant's rights nonprofits, when they get a, a lead, okay, what are they going to do? Turn it down? I mean, that's their, whole, that's their whole business model is that they have to defend these tenants, whether or not the tenants are in the right or in the wrong. So, I mean, that's questionable. The nonprofits, in my, in my opinion, the, the nonprofits across the world have gotten out of hand. But this particular situation where, you know, who's, who, are you, who are you helping here? You know, you're not helping the tenant. You're not helping the landlord. You're kind of helping yourself. It says, every single motion, answer, appearance, response, and opposition was filed at the very last minute on the very last day. Every single one of them, four different requests to delay the trial date, one emergency request to delay so defendant can attend a voluntary math boot camp at a local community college, nine months of litigation, and litigation is not free. And there, she's not paying the rent this entire time. It's just, it's just massively bad. Jury trial. The defense initially requested five days for the trial. Luckily, the judge pushed through, and we did it in less than 1.5 days. Now, look, or one and a half. 
that to me is interesting. When, whenever I used to be and have to go for uh, evictions, uh, it was like you show up and you present your case before the judge and the judge makes a ruling and you're, and you're, and you're good to go. A lot of times when, when we went, the, the defendant never showed up even, so we would get a default judgment, uh, probably because they knew they were uh, not paying rent. Uh, so that's one thing. The other thing is it was easier just to, to ditch you know, just to go rent something else before the eviction came up. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's that's definitely a strategy. Every offer to settle and gain possession was rejected by the lawyers for the defendant. In mediation, the only offer she would consider is full waiver of the rent and a new lease for $1,300 a month with veto power on who will be her roommates. My client rejected that offer and went to trial. And, you know, $1,300 a month for, uh, you know, one room in a three-room place that no one's going to want to live with this woman. It's, it's not, a good, not a good deal. On the day of the scheduled jury trial, after confirming with opposing counsel and writing of defendant's availability and trial readiness, turns out she couldn't make it since she was vacationing in Mexico and her return flight delayed. So trial got delayed again despite pleading to the judge to move forward. At trial, the defendant perjured herself repeatedly on the stand, defamed my name, defamed my client, admitted to committing fraud, and testified for several hours in a one-and-a-half-day trial. So just a wonderful human being here. Uh, defendant had two lawyers representing her in the trial, and they objected to every plaintiff's verdict formed, every subject, every suggestion to move things forward and push through. The defense even objected to introduce their own exhibits into evidence once it was clear that it was hurting their case. So here the defense, the, the defense has two lawyers, okay, from this nonprofit, and then the landlord has, has to pay their attorney the whole time. So... It's obviously in the best interest of the, uh, the tenant to just drag this thing out as long as possible because it's just going to cost the landlord even more money. The, defendant, uh, the defendant's lawyer removed each and every property owner juror from the panel. It, we, ended up having, uh, we ended up having was 100% renters as jury. So to me, uh, that's a little bit interesting. Like, I don't understand the strategy there. Like, how come, like, on the, on the jury, why, why couldn't you ch help, like, why couldn't you choose some, some of the jurors? I, I just don't understand that. I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not, I'm not so good on that. It says, on the stand, the defendant admitted to taking close to $9,000 in COVID-19 rent aid, pocketing the check, forging the paperwork, and not giving it to the landlord. She still has the money to this day. Now, because I said COVID, my video is going to be shadow banned, and that's really great. So thanks, YouTube. It says, jury gave a unanimous verdict for the plaintiff, possession, and damages. Now, look, he, the, the guy said, hey, it's all, it's all, nobody owns property on the, on the jury. They're kind of against us. But no, a unanimous verdict for him. So, I mean, so that's, that's one of the things. I mean, you know, people know what's right and what's wrong. I mean, the vast majority of people do. It says, tenant then continued to file or attempt to file Multiple emergency motions to reverse the judgment. I received 13 different post-trial ex parte notices of motions to delay or cancel the lockout. 13. Due to a severe shortage of manpower in the county sheriff's office, it took nine weeks from the moment we submitted the writ of possession until we got the sheriff to show up. Two and a half months after the jury verdict. Honestly, like, there are so many evictions just on a normal, on a normal time that it's not like you're, you know, just assume, and th this is what I'm worried about going forward. I mean, some of these landlords are going to have property taxes 
and insurance rates go sky high in addition to higher, higher uh, if I didn't say property taxes, higher property taxes as well. If I did, I apologize for repeating myself. Um, and then they may not be making any money at all, right? They may be basically paying for the tenant to live there on their, you know, uh, for free basically, or at least with the owner paying basically the mortgage and not even getting it covered by the rent. And then you're going to have a situation where on these evictions, it's not like the owner's going to get the property the first month or the second month of the third month. And so that could lead to a bankruptcy from the landlord, which is fantastic because that's going to cause more supply to come to the market, but not in the way people had intended or wanted. Anyway, it says, uh, <laughs> they have the lockout. Sheriff officers show up. We have a locksmith ready. Despite her being in the unit, she refused to let the sheriff officers inside. They had to break the door with a ram for absolutely no reason, just another way to cost the landlord more money. She continued to stay in the unit, arguing for about 45 minutes on why she should stay. It didn't help. She was evicted and now out of the unit. <laughs> She's a plucky woman. The defendant attempted to break back into the unit three weeks after the lockout. Luckily, there were workers there to block her path. Police showed up again, and we had to bring paperwork to prove she was trespassing. This professional tenant is well-versed in the eviction legal system. Based on our research, we found out she went through four different evictions in the past 12 years. All followed the same pattern. Jury trial, lies, fraud, appeal, violence, and trespassing. I mean, this is, this is the professional tenant. And these people exist. And they're, they're miserable, horrible people. It says, after one of these evictions, she called a locksmith to break back into the unit. Police got involved and arrested her for trespassing after the landlord presented evidence. That was 10 years ago. And many of you will say, well, why didn't you do vetting on the tenant? Well, how could you have vetted the tenant when it was a sublease and you had no idea the tenant was even there? Last Friday, I got an email from the city attorney's office inquiring about how my office violated a court order and my client was harassing the now evicted tenant. The lawyer from the city wanted to get on call and discuss. I asked the city attorney what evidence he had to initiate the call and making those allegations, he said, none. I'm just checking since the tenant called us a lot. We have to verify those claims. And yes, you do have to verify the claims. And I hate that it's that way, okay? But, but you just, you never know who's going to be, you know, who's going to be right about these things and who's, who's not. So that's, it's a nuisance problem, but it is, it is a problem. And that just kind of goes with the territory. It says the nonprofit that represented the tenant dropped her after the jury trial. In one of the motions the tenant filed on her own to reverse the judgment, she then had the ultimate chutzpah to blame her past lawyers for the result in trial for malpractice. She went as far as attaching email communications she had with her lawyers, waiving her attorney-client privilege. Her lawyers begged her to settle before trial. The tenant just refused. Now, look, I don't know about a legal, I don't know about legal ethics, okay? <laughs> lawyers and ethics, dicey, dicey proposition. Um, but it's, it seems to me you're working for a nonprofit. You have someone who is clearly abusing the legal system, okay? And you're still going to go represent them? Like, that's not really that great. That's not ethical, in my opinion. Other reasons she asked the court to reverse the judgment. Her disabilities, she had it listed a dozen, all mental health-related, COVID-19, the war in Israel, her part-time status as a 55-year-old community college student, and the pro-business city council of Santa Monica, the court rejected all of her motions. You know, it's, it's just, it's just, uh, uh, the tenant will not face any quest consequences. 
She has no assets, no income, no family, and no career prospects. There's zero chance to collect any of the $25,000 judgment against her. Remember, most of the rent owed was during COVID, so we had to sue for that amount separately. I've said it before, there are zero consequences for not paying rent in L.A., and I mean that literally. You cannot pay rent, delay proceedings for a month, and it would still make sense for the landlord to settle with you before trial, waive the rent, seal the record, and even offer you move-out costs. Zero consequences. It goes on to say, tenants deserve protections, but when we, we have to ask ourselves, at what point these legal burdens or costs are pushing mom-and-pop landlords out of the business? If Los Angeles wants only ruthless private equity landlords, this is a surefire way to get there. And, 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 I, and I do wonder, like it, on a cause-and-effect basis, you know, if, 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 the, if the professional tenant keeps, um, keeps, keeps this up and uses the law as a shield, you will get, you will get private equity involved, and they will come, and they will, they will do what they have to do to make a profit, and I don't know that you want that. Um, in my career, I had one professional tenant, and um, it starts off. Uh, it starts off like this: you have, you know, you have these setups as you go on as a, as a landlord. You have number one, fill out an application, right? So she filled out the application. There was an eviction on the application. I said, there's an eviction on the application. I said that to the owner. And since we were a third-party management company, the owner had the ultimate decision of letting this person in. They said, sure, let them in. She bounced the earnest money check, the deposit check. I mean, the red flag started immediately. And the minute that you let someone move in the house, now you're at least 30 days out. First month, no rent paid. Second month, no rent paid. Third month, go to the, the court and say, you know, we're out three months rent. And that's just how it was. And, you know, we, we, it ended up had to get the sheriff involved and do the eviction and all this other stuff. And it really wasn't great. It really wasn't great. And, you know, you, I mean, they, they, they just know the system. There are certain people that just know the system and can get, and can get really far. So this is all I, I just want you to understand um, from my perspective. Look, I'm not saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't be an investor, right? I'm not saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't buy a place and rent it out. I'm saying don't do it and be naive about it, okay? Nine times out of ten, somebody will come to you with a story about, you know, a terrible situation. Obviously, there's going to be a medical problem or a family member or something's, something's wrong or they lost their job or something. You want to open your hearts to these people. You want to be the kindest and most wonderful person you can be. These are, these are the people that will absolutely take advantage of you. Absolutely, as quickly as possible. They, they see that you are a sucker. They know it ahead of time. Uh, and so, you know, we'll go over more landlord stories over time. Um, and we'll go over 10 stories of, of horrible landlords. I don't have a problem going either way on that. I, I mean, it's, 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 there should be some balance. But I thought you'd enjoy that story. Um, you know, I can't say uh, I can't say that the best thing would have been to be to screen the tenant because there wasn't a, an ability to do so. And if those records in in uh, California are under seal, you wouldn't even see the eviction on their record. So it's it's really something. With that, I'm going to head on out. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, and I will catch you on the next one.